Derek has always said he'll be the first to tell everyone, you know, I prioritize my wife over my kids because we've seen older couples in our parents' generation who have no relationship, no deep, meaningful relationship with their partner because they focus on the, 100% on the children and not on themselves. Hello, this is Dr. Diva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Doctor to Patient. This is Dr. Nagula, and today we are doing something slightly different. About a month ago, we released a podcast where we had a panel of entrepreneurs and discuss everything from useful life hacks to inspirational books and podcasts. Today, I have the wives of those entrepreneurs, Melanie Coburn and Erica Glinsky. A little bit about Melanie. Melanie has been passionate about connecting and helping others. After more than a decade of marketing for the Washington Redskins, she built a very diverse network of clients, partners, and friends, and focused on building those relationships over time. She pioneered the creation of the business side of the Redskins cheerleaders and was the first person in the NFL to hold this position. With her cheerleaders, she used to say that she was in the business of smiles. Now, through her co-founding role in Cadre, Melanie hopes to become a cheerleader for world-class professionals. As the Chief Relationship Officer of Cadre, she advocates for supports over 100 CEOs and business leaders full-time. A little bit about Erica. In 2013, Erica McClinsky launched 212 Communications, a boutique women-owned strategic communications and marketing firm based in Baltimore. A former executive at one of the largest public relations firms in the world, Erica believes she could develop, deliver big agency public relations expertise, strategy, and know-how to small and mid-sized companies in the Baltimore, Washington region. Today, 212 Communications provides integrated marketing solutions that help companies to be seen, be heard, and be understood. Erica's firm has been recognized as a top PR firm in Baltimore by Expertise.com since 2017. Ladies, how are you? Hi. Doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So this is a real treat as uh, I have to give a quick shout out because this idea of this podcast was Julie's and she's the one that made this suggestion and I thought it was a wonderful idea. So a quick thank you and shout out to Julie. So I'm so pleased because this is going to be a really informative treat for all those people who want to have tips and learn interesting things from a female perspective. And both of you are entrepreneur moms that are married to driven entrepreneurs. What I want to find out is how do you face the challenges of balancing work and and family life and being that glue that solidifies everything? Mel, you want to take the lead? Sure. Well, I guess I think the first thing that I do whenever I talk about, you know, the work-life balance and balancing the household is to really realize that it's more of an integration than a balance. As entrepreneurs, as you know, sometimes are busier than others. Some events are more demanding than others. And it's really just a flow that goes sort of 
based on the season. So knowing that you may have some busy times and setting your children up with expectations that there may be some busy times ahead to know that there will be a balance coming soon in the future. So, you know, I always say, yes, we work lots of hours maintaining our business, um, but we also have the flexibility to go on field trips as chaperones and to support our kids in other ways that makes it more meaningful. Awesome. And there's a lot of questions and follow-up that I have about that, but I want to give Erica a chance to give us her answers and two cents worth. Yeah. So Mel's right. Uh, You know, that word balance, it's like a unicorn and everybody believes that there's this work-life balance. And I love that word integration, Mel, because that's exactly really what it is. You know, I personally didn't set out to be this entrepreneur and it's worked out well because I'm married to an entrepreneur and I've sort of watched how he's been able to do it. But he's got this phrase and he teaches it at shift. You know, we get to do this. We don't have to do this. We get to live um, by design. And I feel very grateful and lucky that we have this lifestyle where we work really hard and our kids see that and our kids see that um, the work that we do matters. We're in the community. We're helping to connect people. And we're also showing up at their Christmas pageants and their field trips. And, you know, on snow days, it's not a panic to figure out how we're going to work out a childcare situation. So back to Mel's point, there are some seasons that it's really, really busy and crazy. And and you're probably going to touch on how we balance next, Steve, I imagine. Um, (laughs) My mind. Um, but there, you know, there's a lot of tools that we're really lucky to have that our parents didn't have today that, that sort of help ease uh, this integration depending on the season. And I, it's interesting because both of you have two children and are married to driven, passionate entrepreneurs who want to better society, who want to better themselves, who constantly are looking to improve. Do you guys just follow suit in terms of that improvement or is there like some resistance like, okay, enough. Like I want to like, <laughs> like, like breathe a little bit before I take on the next challenge of, of improvement. I mean, how do you adjust to that? Yo, know, that is a very good question, Diva. Um, so, um, I definitely resist a lot, resisted, I should say, a lot of the work that we've done, even in the past year, traditional and untraditional work, I've been a little bit more open to taking on things. But, you know, Dr. Doug Brackman wrote this book, Driven, you've mentioned it, that word a couple of times, these driven entrepreneurs. And so Drivens have this biological wiring, right, to succeed. And that's not to say, Mel and I, aren't driven, but we're probably more realistic and cautious. So I've come to realize that out of like the 10 crazy ideas that Joe will bring to the table and we've got to do this, right? And we don't need to talk about this coronavirus right now, but this is one thing where, you know, I'll open the door and there's just stacks of water outside of our house. Um, (laughs) Um, and there are some things that I just like, all right, I got to go with this, right? And then some things I will push back on where I think it's a lot of time and energy that we just have to talk through some things a little bit more 
but I probably lean more to no first and then we'll have the conversation. He jokes about a let, let's pretend we've had this conversation a hundred times and get to your yes. So. And I would imagine there's, there's friction, right? Let me, if, I mean, you both are sort of entrepreneurial in your own sense and you guys are driven individuals on your own. And so I guess some of the stuff that comes up, it's like you can agree to, but then there's, it can, there's some that you're absolutely put a wall on and have some friction. Does that create animosity in, in, in tension in the household or do you present it in a way where it's a discussion versus a fight? So today it's a discussion versus a fight. I'd say as we were learning how to navigate our different love languages and how we communicate with one another, there was probably a lot more friction. And Joe probably talked about it a little bit even on your podcast, but when he wrote his first book, it's 2013, I had just left my job. We had a newborn baby at home. He was at the t on top of the world and, you know, behind the scenes. I, and to this day, I've not read Grow Regardless because I resented that book. I resented that mm, that book took wow. him away from our family in a way where we sort of needed him to be around. I was postpartum, not with a job, trying to figure out my purpose. And so we've worked really hard um, and we've done a lot of therapy and different versions of it to get to a place where we can have really meaningful, wonderful discussions around things we might disagree on. And at the end of the day, we can find a compromise one way or the other. And, okay. and our kids are seeing that too. We'll have, we'll have fights and we'll let our kids see it. And then we'll let our kids see us sort of make up and recover pretty quickly. So I think that's a very important thing to do for your family, actually, is learning how to argue constructively and how to take criticism and how to have productive conversations, meaningful conversations that even though difficult, showing the kids that that's okay is very, very important as parents. We've also been through probably 15 years of therapy. So we've been constantly working on the communication because I think that that's like one of the most important aspects of a relationship to succeed, you have to be able to communicate effectively, not being so defensive, being open to the other person's point of view, all of these things we know. I mean, this, this goes back to the basics, whether it's a professional organization that you're working for with your employees, communicating effectively is very important. So yeah, I agree with Erica. I think and you, um, Erica, you had a, a buzzword that I wanted to touch upon as love languages. And yeah, a lot, I think that's just a huge important aspect of like cultivating a healthy relationship with your loved one, your partner, you know? So I think, you know, the five love languages, which I'm not sure who the person is who, who developed this, but for those who aren't familiar with it, there's like a, a few, there's like five love languages that could pertain to you and uh, whichever one is your dominant one that helps your partner to, um, shape their like relationship and their, um, their way of communication towards you and the, and the way they act towards you. So I think the love languages that are out there is one is acts of service, receiving gifts, uh, quality time, uh, words of affirmations and physical touch. So did you guys, when you guys got married, were you familiar with the love languages or did you become familiar with the love languages in your marriage and then started to employ some of, of that um, doctrine in, in your marriage? 
Yeah, for us, we were we were well into our marriage before we discovered wow. the five love languages. And it was like this light bulb that went out when we realized, oh my gosh, we've been communicating incorrectly to one another for quite some time. Like Joe's, for example, he's words of affirmation and physical touch. I am quality time and acts of service. So every day I'm hearing how much he loves me and he wants to cuddle and I'm beautiful and none of that is resonating. Resonating. (laughs) Um, Not at all. And so I'm, you know, doing things for him and wanting to spend time and planning dates and that's not resonating for him. And once we connected, like, now, you know, he gets up in the morning, every morning he wakes, wakes up the whole family. He makes homemade French toast. The MC is a dishwasher. I've got coffee waiting. And it's like the sexiest thing to wake up to every morning <laughs> is an empty dishwasher. Right. And yeah. he knows like, that's how he's going to say he loves me in the morning. Right. And then, you know, at night he wow. expects <laughs> something to be reciprocated. So it's, it's been, I think it's, it's recommended reading for anybody, no matter where you are in your relationship. And Mel, you can, talk about it um, as well. But we did a a family sleepover with our families and she sort of led us through this exercise with our kiddos where we could understand their love languages and speak their language. It just, it's really, it's an amazing um, book. Yeah. Yeah. So our love languages is um, very similar. We found it many years ago, but still long, probably right around when we started to have children, just knowing it and being aware of it is so important. The author is Gary Chapman, and it's one of the few books that has been on the best-selling list for you know year after, probably over fifteen years. And it's a really easy online quiz that anybody can Google and take and learn. I'm pretty sure you're going to not be surprised by the outcomes. But I'm I am acts of service, similar to Erica and Derek's touch. And um, you know, once once we realized that, it, it made a huge difference in how we communicate and show each other love. After you've employed the understanding and and the knowledge behind the love language, have you found that the relationship between you and and your partners have like increased and have improved immensely? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that we we're all striving to do better every day. You know, at times when we're tense or there's, you know, space between us or there's high stress situation, like I know just holding his hand or touching his arm or just being near him is enough to settle him down and calm him down. and, And that, alone is is gold. And, and Erica, I'm sure that's actually changed as you were mentioning before about you know the quality of relationship with, with Joe now. It's it's just immensely enhanced. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a superpower that you have, you it's know. So it's so simple. So simple. Yeah. And you know, I want to also discuss, I mean that's a great tool for for our listeners to research on their own and purchase the book. And it can immensely enhance the relationships and the quality of their marriages or the relationships with their partners. Um, what other tools do you guys use, like in terms of budgeting your time? I mean, you have, you know, two kids that have active schedules. You have a husband, you know, that has an active schedule. And you yourself have active schedules. Like, what kind of resources do you use and tools that you use to, like, manage everything? Shared calendars. <laughs> <laughs> Shared calendars are very, very important just to know what's going on logistically with the family, between the sports practices, school, field trips, and then all the business stuff as well. Derek and I use, um, we use Google, you know, the shared Outlook calendar. We use calendars. We use NASB, which is a task management. What is that again? NASB. 
Okay. And it's, it's sort of like Asana. It's a task management program software that you can, we, you know, we do all of our business projects there, but I also have the Melody and Derek projects that include everything from house hunting to, you know, the boys sports activities to grocery lists. So it's just very central place to put everything. Um, And, you know, you know, things won't get missed there because you can see whether or not somebody's opened the task, checked it out. Um, And it's just, it's very, very easy to use. Yep. And Erica, how about you? What do you guys use? Um, So I'm going to write that down, Mel, because we really, we need a better system in place to share calendars, but I will send him calendar invites to block his calendar, which is, which is funny. I know his team has access to his calendar and they'll see, you know, watch kids and I'll block off, you know, when I need him to be home at certain times. Other tools that um, we use. So I use specifically, I'm a big fan of outsourcing and I'm, I'm really happy that a lot of folks have sort of jumped on that bandwagon. But a while ago I looked at, um, I had a friend and mentor who she gave me the advice, outsource anything that doesn't bring you joy. Before the whole like touch the things that don't bring you joy and give it away, she was like, outsource anything that doesn't bring you joy. And so slowly but surely, I sort of got over the mom guilt of what it meant to outsource grocery shopping or meal preparation or cleaning my house. And I sort of wrapped my head around back to quality time is a love language of mine and quality time has a value in cleaning our house, you know, on a Saturday that is zero value to me. So none, none whatsoever. I'm a big fan of all of those types of tools that technology has afforded us to have other people help us. <laughs> and Mel, I mean, I'm sure you are, uh, you partake in the outsourcing. Um, I, you gave me a, a specific tool, to, a service to outsource, and that was uh, laundry. And it has made <laughs> my life so much easier. I mean, it's a little bit on the expensive side, which, you know, that's okay. I don't do it every time that I need to do laundry. But when I come back from a trip where uh, I've been gone for 10 days, it's like the last thing that I want to do is sit there and come home and put stuff in the washing machine and then put it in the dryer and then fold them and put them away. Oh, so, I mean, I came back home last week and it was like 20 some pounds, but then you know, I paid a certain fee. And then the next day I had everything like delivered to my front door. Everything was nicely folded and packed. I was like, this is the best service ever. Amazing. Right. Yeah. But Diva, I know your hourly rate is a lot less expensive than rents. That's, that's, that's right. You have to really look at the value of the time that you're spending and where you're spending it and what you could be doing in place of that time. So for me, we actually, we live in a condo and so we've got the stackable ventless dryers. It takes me three and a half hours to dry a load of laundry. So I only do the dry, I only do the hang dry stuff at home and I send all the sheets and towels out because I just don't have the time to do it. But I think even if I had time now, I might send it out because the service is okay. Yes, (laughs) yes. Why why wouldn't you? Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in the categories of oncology, cancer, healing, and medical eBooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. We also 
were able to achieve number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't gotten your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or BooksAndMillion.com. Visit from DrToPatient.com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. And then you guys use services for groceries. Like, so what's the um, service that you use for grocery shopping? I use Amazon Prime. Uh, we've got a Whole Foods down the street. So I use Amazon Prime. They took out Instacart in our area, but I know a lot of folks, if you have, I think like a Wegmans or grocery stores like that, you can use Instacart. And then Harris Teeter does, you can pull up and they'll put the groceries in your cart for like $5.99, right? That's yeah. the fee. So it's, it's an affordable option. I know some people like going to the grocery store. It's therapy. They like touching every apple and every banana, but I don't enjoy that. So I'm very grateful for a one-hour delivery window. Right. And I, and I think that's so important because in a society that we live in where there's so many activities that are going on in the, in the, in the household and so many like chores that we need to do, it's really important to be able to budget our time so that we can spend quality time with our family. And by outsourcing, it really allows us to do that. And, you know, whereas if you were going to go to the grocery store and do your own grocery shopping, you probably are just upset and miserable. And because you're thinking about 20 other things that you have to do when you get home and you eliminate that mentality when you're able to outsource and you're using that time that otherwise would be spent like going to the grocery store towards your family. You know, yeah. and that's just so important in, t in terms of maintaining healthy relationships, not only with your partner, but with your children. So I think that's really important to, to point out and because we're so burdened and we're always stressed out about the numerous things that we have to do on a constant basis. And it's, and it, it takes us away from what really matters. Yep. Agreed. I, I, think, I think it's just great that the outsourcing thing, I love that. I wasn't even thinking about that, but you got, you are like, you guys were on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> Now let's let's talk about quality time, right? So obviously, with with your own businesses and occupations, and with the children and the husbands that are so driven and are always doing things, how do you find quality time? I mean, what do you guys carve out time, or do you guys have spontaneity? I mean, what what it's your what's that mean to you? How does that define for you? Well, you're you're never going to find time. You have to make time. Yeah. I, I believe that 100%. Um, Derek and I, we carve out one night a month for a date night. That's just the two of us. That doesn't include the friends or the cadres or other, you know, it's just the two of us once, once a month doing a date night. And then we also do um, quarterly family board meetings, which are one-on-ones with each of our children. I love um, that. Period. And this is a la Jim Shields, who has an amazing group. Um, he wrote a book called Family Board Meetings, but he also has a group called 18 Summers focuses on, you know, really valuing the time you have with your children because you only have 18 summers with them and just, you know, trying to be mindful of that and plan meaningful one-on-one -on -one dates with them where you let them pick an activity, you do the activity together, and then you have a meal and share what, what you liked about the activity. And it really opens up communication lines with your children and gives them the opportunity to share a lot more than they would would normally do so with you. So it's keeping those lines of communication open over time, growing those relationships and making time for them. 
just to reiterate, so you have a date night that's planned with individual children and with your husband. Yes. Basically, yes. <laughs> it's awesome. And, and the once a month, was is that with the children or is that with... with um, the, the once a month is just the two of us. And we actually use a service in DC called Ask Jenna by our dear friend, Jenny Stippelman. Um, they plan everything for you too, which is, again, that acts of service. Love like, happening. I don't have to plan the date for once. It's really nice to just kind of show up somewhere and have it ready, you know, ready for you to enjoy. And then the family meetings the kids actually plan. We let them plan what they're gonna what they're gonna do. Oh, really? So they have yeah. a voice in terms of what they want to do with um, daddy date night or mommy date night. There's some parameters. <laughs> <laughs> it usually involves you know some sort of one of those uh, trampoline parks or a wizards yeah. game or something something fun like that. Yeah, I never had that when I was growing up. It, it was it was either we do stuff whenever there was time because when I was growing up, there was no outsourcing. You know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and my dad was always at work. So yep. it would have been really great that if I had that in my life when I was, I would have probably changed my relationship dynamic that I have with my parents now. And you guys are all, you're so like, um, you know, uh, the way you see things, you're, you're already integrating these things because you're preparing your kids for a lifestyle, you know, where they have a better relationship with you when they, when now and in the future. And I, that's awesome. I, I wish that that was something that my family implemented when we were growing up. Erica, like, you have anything to add to that? Yeah. So Joe and I recently, I'd say probably in the last year or so, we've been doing nightly meetings after the kids cool. go to school. Yeah, so um, where he used to, eight o'clock, pull his computer back out, and I used to go up and put on a show, and then, you know, we'd come together, and he'd, we'd be sitting next to each other, but not really communicating. Again, you know, we've done some traditional and untraditional therapy and sort of led to our evenings are really sacred time for us now. So we put the kids to bed and probably like eight to 10-ish. There's no TV that goes on and we just sort of talk. And if it's nice outside, we're out on the patio. Um, and we talk about really anything and everything under the sun. So we, we really try to do that on a nightly basis. And then in the mornings, we try to get the kids off to school together and we do joint workouts. So we both oh, need wow. to work out. So that's a time that we you know, back to Mel's point, you have to make it. Yeah. You have to make the time and you have to, to sort of do things together on purpose. And then the other thing that we're experimenting with, and it's worked out to like a once a month thing, but we do a Friday day date. So we start at two, between two and four, before we get the kids, we sort of kick the weekend off together. And then that sort of will set the tone for um, the entire weekend. So that's how we try to sort of get quality time into our lives on purpose. And how do you manage things like where if you have a specific light and say your, your, your spouse or partner is averse to that specific um, activity that you want to do, do you totally avoid it or do you, or does the partner compromise just to make happy <laughs> or, I mean, or do you, is it off the table completely? I'll speak from um, our experience. Well, I think there's always a compromise. Um, <laughs> always a compromise. <laughs> there are definitely things that Joe wants to do that I've um, been really hesitant to try to do. And um, it's always worked out well, if I can just 
surrender to it and and vice versa there are things he doesn't want to do i mean i'm a big disney fan and i have mm -hmm. i took him to disney kicking and screaming and now he signed us up as like a disney vacation you know family member package which is basically like a disney timeshare now so so there are things that we've done kicking and screaming that um we've ended up really enjoying together and now I know all about the Disney one. We just <laughs> Disney cruise and Derek did not want to go the first time. So he, uh, he quickly changed his mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all about compromise and you usually you'll be surprised at things you might enjoy if you give it a shot. You know, the other thing is, is that I really respect this, even though you guys are, you're, you know, both of you are mothers and, and, and wives, you still like have an opportunity to go out with the friends, with, your, with the girls, right? And you do that frequently. And it's, it's a testament to the solidarity of the relationship. It's also a testament to the flexibility of your partner. And your partner's like, yeah, go do it. And, and obviously it's gonna be reciprocated. And when I was growing up, that never happened. You know, there was no like, my parents wouldn't, my mom wouldn't have a, a, a girl's night. And it was all about, we have responsibility and obligations to our kids, we can't do that. And, uh, and I'm sure you have people who look at you and like, how are you doing that? And it's all about a balance and you guys do it so well. So I, I just wanted to, you know, I mean, if you have a comment on that and how you do it and, and you make it look so easy. <laughs> it's always a challenge, but I think that in a relationship as parents, you know, your children are only going to be under your roof for maybe a quarter of your life. And the rest of that time, you're going to be together. So when your children move out and they move on and start lives of their own, if you haven't been prioritizing your relationship while they're in your house, that could fall apart. You know, you, you, you lose the communication skills, you uh, lose things that are relevant, things that you like to do together, hobbies. Th those types of things are very important to keep going while you are in a parenting role. And Derek has always said he'll be the first to tell everyone, you know, I prioritize my wife over my kids because, you know, we've seen other, you know, older couples in our parents' generation who have no relationship, you know, no deep, meaningful relationship with their partner because they focus on the 100% on the children and not on themselves. Yeah. So. And Erica, before I, I, I wanted to add something, go ahead. If you had something to comment on, Erica, please go ahead. No, I think we're really lucky because we have, partners who are partners in, you know, the true sense of the word. There is no traditional and untraditional roles. And, you know, we're lucky that they understand, you had mentioned girls nights, that that's part, you know, we will be a better wife and a better mom if we have some time with our tribe and women in our life that raise us up and help us feel normal and, you know, let us be ourselves. I think it's so important. And the other thing is, is that in, in my household, and I'm sure in many households, there's a tendency to have a sort of codependency, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, that's like a tricky path that I don't think it's healthy in a relationship. And I think you guys are, you're uh, both are in relationships where you've, you're, you're really striving to not be codependent, right? Are you conscious about codependency? Is that an issue or do you just not even worry about it? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't really worry about it. I think we both have strong relationships, you know, within our marriage with friends and with outside of our marriage with friends. Right. It's really nice. You know, our tribe has grown close over the last few years 
We created Cadre to create our, a tribe of our own. We've always built relationships around us that lift us up. And, you know, what's the quote? I know, Erica, I think you mentioned this before. Yeah, um, you're quote. the average. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Oh, that's awesome. And focus, and knowing that and being intentional about that really is going to, you know, improve the relationships about, that we share together, but also the outside relationships as well. Right. And as uh, females and, and moms, do you have a support group um, that you, or any kind of, I don't know, um, you guys mentioned that you are doing, you do counseling on a regular basis. And I'm sure that helps with the communication with your uh, partner. And are, are there any other strategies that you use besides it? Or are you an avid follower of the counseling? Because uh, a lot of people feel like, well, I don't need to go see a counselor. I know everything about you know, marriage and I, I don't, I'm, I'm, it's going to be a waste of money. I mean, what, do, what are your thoughts on that? I'll take all the help I can get. I'm not opposed to therapy. I have tried EMDR individually, and I've really found that to be helpful. Talk therapy, both individually and together, we have found to be helpful. Meditation, we found to be helpful. So I'm, I'm sort of always seeking to be better, and so is he. So we don't sort of look at any form of therapy really and say, that's not going to be helpful. It's worth trying. Right. And Mel, what kind of therapies do you do? I mean, um, you know, together to enhance the relationship, if any. Yeah, we do talk therapy. We have, you know, we do yoga together on a regular basis. We yeah, both therapy in itself, right? So. <laughs> it is. Yeah. We, I, I think that it's an investment. It's an investment in yourself and it's an investment in your relationship so I don't look at therapy as a cost or, you know, something I would never give that up. It's, it's so important to me that I would always prioritize that. We also, you know, have done a lot of work together to optimize our health. So we did a detox together last year that was challenging, but also, you know, even though there were times of stress during that, that um, season, um, you know, complete detox. It also brought us closer together, you know, going through it together and getting through it together. Right. I mean, it is a, a difficult thing to take on. And I, I guess, you know, having your partner there with you to support you and going through it it, it, it enhances that relationship. And it makes, it just solidifies that you guys can get through anything because that's, that's a really hard thing to do. And having that support makes it a lot easier and less and, and less challenging because it's it's challenging in itself, but it's more bearable because you have a partner to to go through with this. Right. So that's really important and a great take home. Any other comments that you you want to uh, add to our listeners in terms of you know relationships, marriage, children? Any take home points that you might want to bring up? You had mentioned we make it look easy, and I think yeah. you know I've. I've watched, I've watched and admired um, how Mel has run her household for some time now. And, you know, it takes work. It doesn't, it doesn't come naturally. I think in the age of Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and sort of you see what you see and you can easily look and say, oh, they have it together. That's a perfect family. Oh, it must be nice to be them. And it's, it, it takes work daily. On a daily basis, it takes work to be happy. Yeah. And, and I would imagine, you know, 
part of that work is keeping an open line of communication, right? So, I mean, with your kids, with your partner, it's really important because I think that's really the foundation of a healthy relationship with families, you know, your husband and kids. If that's, if that line is, if that channel is compromised, I think that really can destroy relationships quickly. Very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mel, any, any take home points? No, I mean, I think, I think Erica hit the nail on the head. I think that it is work prioritizing it and being very intentional about prioritizing it. It's definitely not easy. (laughs) Even with all the outsourcing and all the resources that we have still are, you know, carving out time throughout our week, throughout our day to check in with one another and to keep those lines of communication open. Um, and we're still works in progress. Right. So I, I look forward to the next new thing that we can try and, and, you know, to continue to grow our relationship in our family, but family dynamic. And before we depart, I want to ask you, what is the one tool and strategy that you cannot live, live without? I have a feeling that I know what both of you are going to say, but I wanted to have this so that you can share with our listeners, like what is the one thing that you urge people to, to implement in terms of changing their life and the household? We've talked about it throughout this podcast. The one thing that I would urge folks, especially moms listening, is to allow yourself to outsource. Don't look at it as an extra expense. Don't look at it as something that's taking away from your family. It's going to add to your family in so many ways you can't even count them. And now? And I would say talk therapy. I think that oh, okay. a lot of people, I, I mean, I credit the success of our relationship to starting that work 15 years ago and continuing yeah. it on. And we didn't give up. We didn't say, oh, we're fine. You know, there's always room for improvement. Just having that hour safely blocked in our calendar every week to communicate with one another and have somebody there to help guide us through that conversation is just very, very important. I think a lot of people still think it's, oh, you know, it's a negative thing. Oh, they must need help. It's weakness to go to therapy. Like those are all terrible uh, attitudes to have. And I think I would encourage everybody to look at it as an investment in their relationship and the way to take your relationship to the next level. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Well, thank you both for taking your time out of the busy, busy schedule uh, to come on this podcast as my guests. I think this was really useful for people and it's a great follow-up to the uh, part one of the episode with entrepreneurs. So thanks again, ladies, and thanks, uh, have a wonderful rest thanks of Thanks for having us, Diva. You too. Bye now. Bye, Erica. Have a great day, guys.